opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, it's the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. people it's your movement now it's not your parents anymore the blood that is shed cries out to god from the ground for justice and now here's mark lies lies and more lies that's what we're going to be talking about today on the mark harrington show with yours truly your radio activist and Voice of Resistance, Mark Harrington. And you can find out more about our radio program by going to markharrington.org. Or if you'd like to find out more about our pro-life outreach, go to createdequal.org. Well, so what am I talking about? Lies, lies, and more lies. Uh, there's been a uh, this new documentary that is slated to be uh, released tomorrow. That is Friday, May 22nd on the channel FX, and the, uh, the title of the documentary is A.K.A. Jane Roe. Now, if you don't know anything about that, Jane Roe is the fictitious name given to the plaintiff in the Roe versus Wade decision that was handed down in 1973 by the United States Supreme Court that decriminalized abortion in the first trimester of pregnancy. And Jane Roe was the so-called poster child of the pro-abortion movement up until that point. And she signed on to this infamous decision that was handed down by the U.S. Supreme Court. But uh, several years after, 1995, Jane Roe converted to Christianity Uh, She was baptized in Dallas, Texas, and refuted uh, her positions on abortion and became pro-life. And so over over the some 20, 22 or more years since that time, she has been a strong pro-life advocate. And how do I know that? Well, first of all, I knew uh, Norma McCorvey, which is her real name. Uh, I knew Norma McCorvey right after her conversion in 1995 when she came to Columbus, Ohio, with the uh, Reverend Flip Benham, the person that actually uh, baptized her in Dallas. And also, I've read this book, which is called One by Love. It's the uh, story of Jane Roe, that is Norma McCorvey. And in this book, it talks about her, uh, her journey. Uh, from pro-choice to pro-life, from non-believer to a Christian. And since her conversion in 1995, she's been a strong pro-life advocate. But, so we all know that, right? Until this, now this documentary is coming out by FX, in which they supposedly get uh, Jane Roe on her deathbed saying that she was not pro-life, she 
was uh, paid to, to, to make these statements that she was pro-life. She was never pro-life and she was used by the pro-life movement. So we're here to refute those lies today because that's what they are. They're bald-faced lies that are being perpetrated against uh, Norma McCorvey, who passed away, unfortunately, in 2017. And so the pro-life movement is marshalling all its resources to refute this. And we're going to be talking about that today with my good friend and colleague, Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life. But before we do that, before we turn to Father Frank, what I'd like to do is go way back in time here, 1995, I want to play two video clips and or, or audio, depending on where you're listening, uh, on Nightline with Ted Koppel. Remember that show? It came on at midnight every night. And uh, in 1995, right after Jane Rowe, that is Norma McCorvey, converted to Christianity and refuted her pro-choice position, she came on Nightline and was interviewed by uh, Ted Koppel. So let's go ahead and play that first clip. Now, this first clip, she was asked by uh, by Ted Koppel if she had been used by the pro-abortion movement. Go ahead and play that clip. Present what might be, I mean, I, I, I doubt very much that you'll ever hear this in public from them, but what might be their point of view. Okay. You're not, and you've just sort of outline the reasons yourself when you talk about your own background, you're not exactly the ideal role model, right? Right. So are you surprised that they didn't choose then to invite you to sort of put you up front and say, here's, let me here's, you, here's our poster gal? Let me, let me explain to you this other way, Ted. And back in 1969, when I lied and I told Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey that I had been raped. I did that out of pure desperation. I wanted to have an abortion. I saved up my rent money. I went to an illegal abortion clinic here in Dallas, Texas. I saw the conditions of that clinic. I saw the dry blood on the floor. I saw all the roaches and all the other creepy things crawling around the floor. The only thing that stopped me was the fact that the clinic had been busted a year, I mean, a week before that. That was the only thing that stopped me. Yeah, uh, okay, I mean, I, ironically, you never had an abortion. Mr. Producer, uh, she goes on to talk about how she never had an abortion, which is something very few people actually know about Norma McCorvey. Now, the second clip here, Ted Koppel asks her about her conversion and then the concerns that he has that she might be used by the pro-life movement. And of course, she refutes that and uh, never was. So go ahead and play that clip. I don't think that the movement is the issue here. I believe, Ted, that the issue here is that I have found a spiritual path that is concrete and mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ. And I, nice. I feel very comfortable with that. And I, I'm doing this for me. I'm, I'm not doing it for anyone else. If, I, I'm just I'm just watching out for my own self. Let, let, let me turn the question around a little bit. What okay. if what if now the the right to life movement were to say, you see, now she has finally realized the error of her ways. Although you still seem to have uh, you know some ambiguity of, of thinking toward abortion. But what if they tried to turn you into some kind of a symbol? Uh, what if they tried to use you now? Uh, the way that some people feel you were used by the uh, uh, the choice movement before. 
Uh, we've already talked about that at great length, and there will there there will not be any exploitation of my uh, political status. Who's we? Uh, the the right to life people. They they have spoken to you about this, or, or mm -hmm. you uh, who who approached whom here? Uh, well, it was just like a general conversation that. Um, Flip and I were having one morning in Operation Rescue's office. I'm sorry, who's Flip? Uh, Flip Brenham is the national director of Operation Rescue uh, Dallas. And and how did you come? How did you come to meet him? Uh, I met him um, years and years ago uh, in front of the abortion clinics. Of course, uh, when they would come in protest in front of the clinics, and um, we were we were arch enemies. I mean, we we never spoke a kind word to each other at all. And one morning he came over and he told me he says, Norma. He says, do you know that God is pro-choice? And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, he says, God is pro-choice, but he, he wants that everyone should choose life. And then he showed me the scripture um, and he read it to me from the Bible. And that, that got me to thinking. All right. All right. So end it there. Thank you for that. Uh, again, this is uh, Norman McCorvey speaking in 1995 on the TV program Nightline, where she talks about um, her conversion to Christianity, her conversion to the pro-life position, and then uh, discussing her future uh, as a pro-life advocate. And so what we want to do today, we want to talk about this movie or this documentary put on by FX, which will be released tomorrow called AKA Jane Roe, which, which uh, supposedly uh, demonstrates at some level that, uh, the, that Norma Corey was not pro-life, that she was paid to do this stuff. And so what I wanted to do today was bring on my good friend and colleague, Father Frank Pavone, who knew Norma McCorvey for 22 years, uh, who baptized her into the Catholic Church and even spoke to her on the day of her death in 2017. Father Frank, thanks for being on the program. Hello, Mark. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you. And Father Frank, I can't think of a better um, uh, a better person to bring on to talk about uh, uh, Norma McCorvey. Uh, you had a relationship with her for a very long time. If you would, just let's let's start out there. Uh, you met her. You knew her. Talk about the Norma McCorvey you knew. I met her right after she was baptized. In fact, on the day she was baptized there in 1995, I got a fax uh, from our friends at the Dallas pro-life uh, groups uh, uh, saying, Norma's being baptized tonight. So shortly after that, I uh, visited with her in Dallas and we really became like, like, like siblings. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we communicated with each other constantly over those 22 years, visited with each other constantly. Uh, and we were not engaged only in the in the public pr professional, you know, pro-life uh, activities. But, you know, she would come like the, to events like my anniversary of ordination celebrations. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was honored by various groups, I would all, often have Norma there. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she would, of course, meet the people who were there. But we traveled with her through every inch. And I mean, literally of her journey, the ups okay. and the downs, helping her behind the scenes to find the right medical care, for example, um, assisting her when she had to move from one place to another to figure out uh, how to make that work, assisting her in her pro-life activities. Um, and, and I knew also 
when she was filming this documentary. In fact, I have I have hundreds of texts uh, from her uh, still on my phone. And uh, mm-hmm. I have one in particular that was talking about the, the day she started doing this interview. We can chat about that as we go along here. Yeah. But the yep. point is, and you know, that is the, the context of this whole thing it precisely is that we saw the whole picture. You know, anyone swooping in with a video camera, they're seeing right. uh, a part of the picture. We knew her. We knew the whole picture. And, uh, you know, for anyone to come in and try to say it was different from what it was, uh, especially when they, they don't ask us how it was, is a particularly offensive form of, uh, of, of, of arrogance. But that relationship, as you said, lasted the rest of her life and, um, you know, leading up to her death. And of course, as you mentioned, on the very day that, that she died, uh, communicating with her and hearing her uh, praying with her and hearing her say to me and, and uh, Janet Morana, our associate, was also a good friend of hers, saying to us, you carry on, promise me uh, mm-hmm. that you're never going to stop uh, working to, to reverse this terrible decision that I was part of. Amen. My guest again is Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life. You can find out more about the work of Priest for Life going to priestforlife.org. That's priestforlife.org. Father Frank, you know, that uh, nightline uh, video clip. Uh, I mean, that's way, way back. It was in the early stages of her story, uh, her journey as a pro-life advocate, as a Christian, a believer in Christ. Uh, but she pretty much held to that throughout her entire life. Um, what do you th- What do you make of this so-called deathbed uh, confession that the FX is supposedly going to expose in this new documentary, a.k.a. Jane Roe? Well, I'm going to be very interested to see. Of course, I haven't seen it yet. I don't think any of us have seen it yet. But the point is that, um, you know, she was filming way before her death. I mean, this was mm-hmm. the first text I got from her that said, hey, Father, this guy from uh, from Australia who's come down from New York uh, is, is interviewing me today. That was in May of 2016. Oh, okay. She didn't die until February of 2017, as you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This was over a period of months that she was getting interviewed and, by the way, being paid for it. Because right. she told me on that first day in that text, she said, oh, yeah, this guy, I, I told him I was going to charge him. And, uh, you know, he's going to give me, I'm going to have a, a good sum of money at the end. So I'm happy about that, she said in, right. the, in the text. Uh, right. And so right away, you know, I mean, that raises questions of, you know, sure. is that journalism? You know, and uh, uh, but but here's let me put this in again. I don't know what we're going to see from what's been claimed. You right. know, uh, uh, she's going to say, oh, well, this was an act and whatnot. You know, Mark, you knew Norma. Many of us knew Norma. Yeah. Here's what we have to point out to people. We came to learn pretty quickly not to be surprised by anything that came out of the mouth of Norma McCoy. That's true. It was true. Right? <laughs> yeah. We, because, Very true. Because here's how she, this woman was deeply damaged, deeply damaged. And right. um, anyone who reads her book, not only One by Love, but also her previous book, uh, I Am Roe, when she was still on, on the right. other side, and it gives a good insight into the, the difficulties of her, her childhood and her young adulthood. But, but, but here's, here's, here's the point that we're making. Um, we knew, if, if we heard Norma say, as we sometimes did, and again, I have the texts, I have the, the emails from her, um, as we sometimes heard her say, you know, I've had enough with this movement. I'm not part of you people anymore. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I, I've we said knew. that a few times. <laughs> right. That's you know, how Norma in, in expressed her frustration. Yeah. That's how she sure. vented when she was depressed. And she was very frustrated, very often with a lot of people and people in her family. I mean, I helped to navigate her through a lot of complex uh, ups and downs with family members and with close friends and with ministry partners. I mean, we saw it all. And, 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 and people have to understand, we came to know that this was the sometimes erratic, sometimes mm -hmm. rebellious Norma mm -hmm. McCorvey. Mm -hmm. And... Because we, because it wasn't a snapshot, it wasn't an interview. We didn't hear, right. we didn't come to know her because we listened to her speeches. We came to know her, know her because in private and in public, in sadness and in joy, in the triumphs, in the defeats, when the cameras were on, when the cameras were off, we were by her side, and we always knew, no matter how high she went or how low she sunk. We always knew where she landed, and we knew what her core convictions were. Now, Mark, mm -hmm. her core convictions were actually more pro-life than the pro-abortion leaders that drafted her as Roe, v, as Roe of Roe v. Wade wanted them to be. Because on the right. night before, as you may recall from her book, the night before she was publicly revealed to be the Jane Roe, she said to pro-abortion leader and attorney Gloria Allred, who organized the press conference where this was announced, she turns to Gloria and she says, by the way, you know I, I think abortion is wrong. <laughs> yep, and Gloria right. was like, uh-oh, we better let that one just go by. You know, right. But this was the woman we're talking about. And she right. worked in the abortion facilities. You know what she did while she right. was working in the abortion facility? She was talking women out of their abortion. Mm -hmm. So... It's not like a column that you check over here and then, oh, I'm going to erase it. I'm going to check a column over there. That was not what this story was about. And it's not about, about competing press conferences or competing interviews. Oh, she said this in this interview, but oh, but I heard her say that in this one. No, you got to know the whole Norma and you got to know the whole journey. And that's why, as I say again, it is, it is offensive and it is arrogant for people to come along and say, oh, I saw that video clip. You see, they were all lying. You know, that's... That's just garbage. That's garbage. That's right. I'm talking to Father Frank Pavone from Peace for Life. You can find out more from uh, going to their website at priestforlife.org. Uh, Father Frank, we're, when we talk about this uh, new documentary, a.k.a. Jane Rowe, the producer, Rick Sweeney, I mean, there's no... Uh, uh, I mean, we all understand where this person's coming from, um, their perspective... Uh, this person has put on films that uh, talk about the LGBT, uh, other kinds of really nefarious types of topics. A strong pro-abortion advocate, obviously with an axe to grind, I think, here. Uh, this is pure propaganda. Why do you believe the, uh, or, or better said, do you think the video, the documentary will damage uh, the pro-life movement and our efforts to end abortion? You know, I don't think so, provided that we who knew Norma uh, reassure our movement of what the facts were. Uh, right. In fact, we could turn this around and make it help the movement. And here's, right. and here's why. Norma um, became strongly pro-life what, especially when she faced the reality of what an abortion is. And Mark, you're a great advocate of this and a great example of, of, of the need that we have to show the American people the gory, 
you know, nature of abortion, look, challenge them to look at an aborted baby. Well, Norma had that terrible experience in uh, these abortion facilities. And I mean, she got sick to her stomach and she she got morally perturbed by that, as anyone with a functioning conscience would get. And, 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 and so what I'm saying is that if we come to know the Norma story, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to come to know also the story of what abortion is. And that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we're always trying to get attention for, uh, for the story of, of Norma. It's a powerful story in our movement. And uh, this is a moment where we can once again go back to the core of that story, which is not simply who is Norma, but what is abortion. And another question, too, what is Roe v. Wade? Because as you know, even even many pro-life people across America, they still don't know what that decision said and how extreme the abortion policy is, namely throughout pregnancy, that this decision Mm -hmm. allowed uh, to happen. And, and, And if we can use this as a moment, where those two core questions, what is abortion and what is Roe v. Wade, can be again addressed, then at least for people of goodwill, it will advance our cause. That's a good point. You know, it it doesn't seem like it's coincidental, let's say, the release of this documentary right in the midst of a presidential campaign, a presidential year, where the, the fate of the U.S. Supreme Court hangs in the balance when we're talking about the re-election of Donald Trump as president, we're talking about the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned and turned back to the state legislature. Uh, you know, the timing is, like I say, it's no coincidence. And I think this, like you say, gives us an opportunity to talk about Roe, the deficiencies of Roe, why it needs to be overturned, should have never been handed down by the U.S. Supreme Court and left to the states to resolve. So. Uh, obviously, they've timed this and probably, you know, for the uh, for the election. Um, you know, Father Frank, you signed on to this uh, joint letter uh, that I signed as well that's been released today from uh, dozens of pro-life leaders who knew uh, Norma McCorvey. And I think that's a strong, very strong uh, message. And we're, we're asking, although we're li- unlikely to get it, from the uh, film producer, we're asking for all the footage to make sure that this wasn't just taken out of context. Again, we don't know exactly what the film uh, depicts at the end, but of course, all the uh, the releases are on this whole deathbed, supposed deathbed conversion, and that she was paid to say these things. Uh, we have a few minutes left, Father Frank. Um, you knew her. I mean, when I read that, you know, you spent 22 years knowing Norma, uh, you took her through her spiritual and psychological healing process from her wounds and of her past. I mean, we all understand Norma's uh, past was unfortunate uh, in, in, in her lifestyle and all those things. And those don't go away. You were very much involved in her life. It wasn't just she wasn't just a poster child. She wasn't to just put on a pedestal. There was much more to our relationship with her. We weren't about to take advantage of her. And she, you know, she refuted that in the night uh, nightline uh, uh, interview. If you would deal with that one real quick, we got a minute. Uh, from your perspective, did the pro-life movement take advantage of Norma? No, no, the pro-life movement brought her to healing 
The pro-life movement respected her wishes at all times. Uh, were there individual people that didn't realize that she needed more healing? I mean, it's, there's always a temptation sure. in any movement to say, oh, look, this person converted and so forth. Uh, but, uh, you know, we interacted with a lot of folks in this. The movement is very big. And uh, all the people we interacted with said, you know, we want to do uh, uh, what's good for her healing and then she always called the shots. Norma, how much do you want to share? What do you want to say? What 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 speaking engagements do you want to go on? And we facilitated that for her. And we had to spend a lot of time actually protecting her as well. Well, unlike the pro-abortion movement that did try to take advantage of her. And she even talked about that in that Nightline interview early on about how yes. she was taken advantage of. And, and what I understand, although I didn't know her to the degree that you knew her, Father Frank, um, in no way did the pro-life movement take advantage of her. She did this out of her own uh, own will. She advocated for, for life. She advocated for the Christian uh, religion. And uh, we thank you for your testimony, Father Frank, and we pray that your voice be loud and clear in refuting the lies about the uh, supposed deathbed conversion or admissions of Jane Roe. Folks, you've been listening to The Mark Harrington Show. Go to markharrington.org. We'll see you next time. Go, uh, God bless you. And God bless America. And remember America. God bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.